This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Hola, Joe. Hola, que tal? All right, you win, you win. Oh, a good day to you. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. A bit tired from, from the Super Bowl last night, but... I've powered through, and once I'm through this, I can I can sleep away the the depravity. Ah, uh, yes, a four a.m. finish would it been with overtime? Yeah, four, four a.m. By the time it was done, I had to get up early to get the train back from Bath as well because I was staying at home over the weekend. I'm I'm a little bit undercooked today, so if my performance is poor, uh, blame it on that. Uh, well, I was going to blame it on you being on the beach for your for your pre-running holiday which is so close i'm looking at the weather joe it looks nice nice modest temperatures nothing but sunshine once you land just 18 19 degrees i'll take that yeah i've got to say it looking at the weather myself it looks pretty much perfect for it absolutely passing off of that yeah it does it does oh good that's nice i've spent a good part of my day trying to figure out how i can get around watching Swindon Town under-18s play Bristol Rovers on Tuesday afternoon. But after teasing Abbott Dave for taking annual leave to watch the Super Bowl, you know. Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a huge game in the, in the history of Swindon Town history. The Super Bowl is just another Super Bowl at the end of the day. There are two very different things, I assure you. What, why does the football online community hate the Super Bowl so much? I always see so many comparison sort of messages like, <laughs> pinnacle of the uh, of the game, is it? Look at this. We get we we got that much for a 
Football League trophy final. I, I shrugged my shoulders. What does it matter? Well, yeah, my um, one of the editors of the advert is a is a Plymouth fan. He was saying today that the um, the Plymouth versus um, the Bolton EFL trophy final from last season technically had a higher attendance <laughs> in the Super Bowl this year. So um, obviously, as we all know, the that's a it's a much more prestigious trophy. But I don't know. It's that England American thing, isn't it? Yeah, why don't we just all enjoy both with our mates? You know, let's let's just let it be. Have the right attitude. Did Taylor Swift run onto the pitch and smooch Stephen Schumacher? <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that did happen. Although Josh Widdicom probably came very close. <laughs> yes, lovely stuff. Yes, um, it turns out Bristol Rovers have an alternative to our industrious, adventurous, and humble. Can you guess what it is? Oof, um, is it lazy? <laughs> 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 they just go for the complete opposite, just 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 to shake it up a bit. <laughs> Is it, I I don't know, but I'm I'm sure if you played buzzword bingo, you'd be able to get it before too long. I think you would because it's respect, relentlessness, and honesty. Well, well surely surely once you get the first two, you go for three R's, no? no well, they haven't done it. Uh, but relentlessness. Goodness me. Oh, a bit intimidated, if anything. Yeah, well, you know, as, as Jamie Russell's been saying, we're being relentless in, in the middle of the pitch. So that's also one of our many slogans. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think I can make a 2 p.m. Uh, kickoff time. I think it's at Filton work, but I did look at it. Uh, but I'm not going to take annual leave for that. Can I shock you, Joe? Uh, go ahead. Carl Robinson had semi-sincere things to say about Swindon Town and you reported on it. I know, I was I was very surprised. Um, obviously, um, Matt Taylor and I kind of swapped quotes after the games uh, at Swindon because uh, we both have to write reports which feature both managers. And uh, Carl Robinson was, had some particularly sincere things to say. Um, I don't know if he's mellowed and uh, he's having to take the Salford job has massively humbled him. Or what? But he was uh, he was wistful for his days at Swindon, it felt like. Yeah, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I've, I've seen a few people say, don't care who he managed before, I'd have him at Swindon. And yeah, it's a bit Steve Evansy. He more than likely get us in a very good position. But oh, I don't forget some of his actions and demeanour from previous times. Well, yes, I think anyone with, with the moral compass that would A, let them take the MG Dons job and then B, take the Oxford United job. Um, I think, you know, there's some questionable decisions made from people at Swindon. And I think uh, he would probably add to the mess of of people who who lack that kind of morality. We'll return to Salford stuff in just a few minutes. But while we're on tangents, since we last spoke, Jodie Morris has also piped up talking to Sam Allardyce on his podcast, no tippy tappy football with Sam Allardyce. Uh, things that Jody Morris said during that conversation include that the owner Clem Fooney made promises with the technical director. Lots of things didn't happen. I can believe that. The owner was largely absent. I believe we can call that fact. Sandra D. McKayley and Rob Angus didn't get on and would openly slag each other off. I think that was heavily rumoured previously that those two didn't get along. Also, training facilities promises that were made when he was being interviewed didn't happen. That's also something that's been heavily rumoured previously. Lost 
experience before he arrived. So we saw Louis Reed go and Ben Gladwin go, for example. Very young side missing physicality. I think we can call that fact based on what we saw last season. He cited the fact that the young sides made it any wonder why we conceded late goals or from set pieces because it was the first time they were playing senior football. It's uh, subjective, I suppose, but given that we're experiencing the same this season, makes it more factual than anything. Felt he had a good relationship with Clem Mulfooney and was planning for the 23-24 season. Then all of a sudden, he was sacked and felt that his dismissal was with no real warning. And that's one side of the story. So we can't call that definitively factual. Jody Morris didn't blame the team during this uh, conversation. Uh, he said the performances were better than the results. They needed more support and experience to develop, which is fair, I think. He also mentioned the two signings he made without naming names, but it was pretty easy to figure out who was who. So he mentioned one player not playing for 18 months, which was clearly George McEachran. And the other was somebody who was looking at retiring and moving towards coaching in the United States before eventually signing for Swindon, which is clearly Tom Brewitt. Although we've not heard that sort of stuff before, there's no reason to think that's a lie. It makes sense, doesn't it, given what Tom Brewitt's career was before he joined Swindon. So there we go. Nothing too explosive there, but good to see some consistency with, with the rumour mill churn. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I, I mean, as you say, it's kind of all covered um, previously. Um, I, I, thought, I think he even said that um, Sandro and and Rob Angus were slagging each other off in the programme. I didn't read their programme notes, so if anyone wants to dig those out and find out the specific uh, digs he's talking about, then then go ahead. But it, it, it was it, it was semi-interesting. It's all kind of stuff you would expect. And, I mean, all of, all of them are fact, like you say, but a lot of it is kind of just... Um, you know, here, here are a lot of, of, of mitigating factors to why I wasn't very good um, in a in a fairly... A clinical environment of, of a podcast where you're not going to get too much pushback from Sam Allardyce and um, um, on on that kind of thing because they're, they're just not that interested in the Swindon bit, frankly. <laughs> um, so you know that that's kind of what it was. But yeah, the, I think the, the Tom Brooke going into coaching thing is probably the most interesting because. Uh, well, I spoke to him about that time in his career and he didn't mention that bit. Well, why would you? Because you're still in the pros and you don't want to give off this impression that you were on the brink of packing it in. I, I would have liked to have uh, listened to Sam Allardyce go, well, well, I'll stop you there, Jody. No, hang on. Come on. That's not fair because, you know, I've done some research and this, this, this. That, that would have been a magical thing to listen to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sam Allardyce. In his in his um, quest to to finally be respected, had been like, well actually, Jody, um, I you know I was monitoring the situation. Sandro did this, this, and this, and it was actually you who reneged or something like that. But, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, probably not. They were they were probably looking to. I think it's Natalie Pike isn't it the host of that as well. Um, probably looking to move it closer to Chelsea and Frank Lampard as quick as they could, and they duly <laughs> did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. There's some interesting bits and pieces that have emerged this week so far. So Salford 1-1. We always talk about the, the previous game in these presses. It's getting to the stage where we, we concede after going ahead so often and we concede late goals so often that my sadness 
in conceding injury time goals isn't towards the players or the result. It's towards thinking about the the, the club official who has to take status quo and M people off the playlist uh, before <laughs> before full time and then have to go with we are family. My my thoughts with them at the, this very tough time. As, as, as someone who uh, has notably mentioned um, all too often how uh, late goals impact your work schedule at the end, I I, I can empathise with with the stress that they will have to go through in those final minutes to frantically delete those tracks off the playlist. Um, it's a, it's it's a tough gig, and um, yeah, I think it, I think when, when when conceding goals goes late on becomes that commonplace that you're you're thinking about that bit and the specific changes to to the post-match playlist, then um, it's probably a bigger, far bigger problem than it ever should be. <laughs> I just like that we've got a minute and a half, two minutes out of this subject. But although We Are Family is quite a jaunty number, having just conceded a, a late goal to be denied three deserved points. But in terms of the football, what was your take? Yeah, um, mine's probably fairly similar to Gavin Gunning. I know everyone's, another late goal, everyone's really annoyed, but uh, I've 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 said on here before that I kind of checked out of thinking anything was going to happen for this season a little while ago. So um, it's if you're kind of looking at it through the prism of sort of a prolonged pre-season, then it was actually quite a good, quite a good day really. Swindon were excellent. Probably should have won about four nil. You know, probably lacked a little bit of control in the first half, but we're still creating chances. And yeah, the, the combination of Alex Cairns being very good and. Uh, some more wasteful finishing, which is becoming a little bit of a theme of the Gavin Gunning era um, so far. Um, it wasn't to be, which is annoying. But I mean, what other than finishing above the Beamish line, the points don't really matter that much anymore. The, the, the notion that this is a prolonged preseason cannot be true, can it? Because a lot of these players are going to be gone. There's no guarantee it's going to be Gavin Gunning. We're just in this... We've just put ourselves into a bit of an annoying purgatory where the, the Beamish line is probably the most interesting element of this remaining part of the season. And I think most of us have crunched enough numbers to to accept that it would take something beyond extraordinary. I've you know, I've chalked this season off a long time ago. It doesn't stop me from going and enjoying watching football, especially with my friends. I just I can't see this as a prolonged preseason because there's going to be a turnover again. Yeah, I mean, there almost there certainly will be a turnover, but I guess preseason isn't quite the the metaphor because you know that there a lot of people won't necessarily be here. Um, personally, I I think the gunning point feels very moot to me to with a lot of actions that are going on. I, I'm pretty sure it is his. Um, so I, I think it's you know a chance for him to see get the opportunity to see who gets it out of the current squad to see who can stick around um you know there's a handful of players who who are contracted and a handful of others who we can you know continue to keep up and you know find out where the holes are so may, maybe it's not so much a preseason as a as a just an experiment really in terms of figuring out what needs to happen next um, but you know, ultim- ultimately, the the results don't matter a huge amount. Other than it would be quite nice if we could if we could win some games because it's more fun when you do. Indeed, it is. Gavin Gunning described the the Salford goal as a brain fade, which is not the exact wording of Flynn, but the same rhetoric as he would he would go. It was about you know switching off more than like when we were 
obsessing over fatigue and and all that stuff he would say it's not fatigue it's basically football intelligence and this is the same with what happened in the dying moments against Salford. Yeah, um, he, he describes it as a, as a brain fade. He's, he's not necessarily chastising in the same way that possibly um, um, Michael Flynn was. Uh, whenever he says something like that, it'll always be followed by, but I, I don't really mind when they do that. It's about learning. And, you know, at a, at a certain point, what, a year into this sort of um, Jody Morris begun habit of conceding constantly late on in games, at a certain point, one of them's got to learn. You'd like to think, but um, no, that's 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 kind of where he's looking at it. He's, he's he's he didn't believe that it's down to a weak mentality or anything like that. And it's it's just again coming kind of buying into the experiment line again. It is just about taking that opportunity and thinking, okay, next time you do, could just knock it into the stand and that would be fine and just go from there. Do you think he was just worried about taking the guy's legs with him and then conceding a penalty or something? Because it wasn't until after the pod that I saw the goal again and it was just like, I I just, I know most goals are preventable, but Swindon seemed to have a a knack of of conceding the completely preventable goals. Yeah, it's the, the, the fact that we concede so many of those is what makes it so confusing. Um, particularly with the Michael Flynn era, is that well, he is kind of right that we keep conceding these go- goals that you can't really account for, but we just do it so many times that at a certain point you do have to account for it, which is which is a quite strange place to be, really. Yeah, and then I, I sort of upon reflection from the last episode, I started looking back because I was reading all the comments and everyone was sort of really furious with Darren Drysdale and. I still maintain that. I don't think it was as bad a, a, a refereeing performance as I've seen. But the one thing that I did forget about was the management of Curtis Tilt in the first half, who was definitely cruising for a bruising um, in terms of getting sent off, um, despite it being very soft stuff. But they all they all build up these warnings, don't they? Yeah, it did feel like that a little times where he was sort of coming to flurries of yellow cards and things like that. And you know, poor pal Glatzel was kind of coming into most of the the brunt of what their defenders are wanting to do physicality-wise, but you know, I, I don't think Swindon can be looking too much in Darren Drysdale's direction as an explanation for why they didn't win that game. No, quite. Okay, we'll move on. Um, I like the, the the line of questioning for Gavin Gunning, especially um, now like we're, we're no longer looking at transfers left, right and centre, and it's very much about how he's settling in how he's getting on with the job and whether he wants it permanently. doesn't put his cards close to his chest on this front. No, um, he's uh, very much the opposite. He's, uh, he's uh, the equivalent of Kim Kardashian wearing the mirrored shades um, <laughs> in that way. He's, uh, he said, I, you know, if I didn't want it and I didn't think I could get it, I wouldn't have accepted the interim position in the first place. Uh, he would have, I don't know specifically what he would have done, but uh, he was, he was very much like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, have taken the role um, because this is because he said this is how he's, he he sees himself moving forward. He thinks he can be a head coach, and this is the opportunity to do so. And he's he's looking to take it. So um, the opposite of coy is uh, is how he was going. That as as blatant as possible to say yes, yes, um, yes, I am trying to get this job. If if we needed further reminding, are you? Pro gunning, getting it, or are you open minded? Where where's your head at? Um, I'm still largely on the fence because I I like the football that we've played under him in in all three of his spells. Quite frankly, I I, I always think 
you know, you're going to get a quite exciting performance when the ball will be more on the front foot. I I think I won't get to see the MK Dons game, but, you know, the Stockport game, the Gillingham game and the MK Dons game back to back to back will be quite an interesting point to see, you know, as good a form as Newport and Salford and Bradford may have been in. Um, you know, they, they aren't on the level of the teams we're about to play. So if you're playing these teams, how does it look then? Because he at no point has had to really properly manage against you know, a, a top side in this division. So that would probably be the most telling part. But I, I think as much as early signs for a 33-year-old head coach can be, I, I think he does a lot of positive things. Um, I think generally he speaks quite well about his his philosophy and what he's trying to get across to his players. So I like a lot what he does, but I I I don't think I don't think the sample size is there to say to commit to saying yes I want it to be him. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily he's done enough wrong to say no I definitely don't want it to be him. Yeah, perhaps my my question is a bit too early in this in this spell, and I'm only counting it on this one because this is. Gavin Gunning running the show at this moment, if he is to get it, because, you know, if we end up winning eight to 10 games and climbing the table is a better points haul than last season and he'll get the job, but we'll be asking more questions of Swindon Town than I would be of Gavin Gunning at that stage, because it's got to be the right decision in the, I would say the long run but we don't really have a great track record at the moment for for long-haul managers. So it'll be interesting, but I would lean towards wanting someone else at this moment in time, but that's not because Gavin Gunning has necessarily done anything wrong. Yeah, I think that's that's the logical place to come from, is why why would you want Gavin Gunning, really? It, it doesn't make much sense. But uh, when you speak to people around the building, I, I, I speak to, obviously, Henry a lot, but I've spoken to Jamie Russell now, I've spoken to... Um, to sh- even sh- someone like Sean Wood is there does feel like there is quite a lot of belief internally in Gavin Gunning and his fit for what is going on at Swindon. So um, I I think even if you are looking the other way, I, I think clearly it's a very realistic possibility it's his. And I I think you know it's it is as I say it's just very much up for him to say okay so this is how I'm trying to play and he you know he's, he's spoke today we'll get to it but about how he he thinks so far that the the message is coming across quite well and it's coming across quite quickly you're now playing top sides in this division the kind of sides who next season quite frankly we want to be competing with if they're still in this league show us what you can do i'd love to know what the difference is between this time last year and and now in terms of gavin gunning's clout and reputation because not much has really changed in terms of Swindon Town senior team, but I don't see why he wouldn't have got it at the end of last season, given the, the sort of football and the results he was getting. But I suppose it's just one of those things. It might have been as simple as he didn't have the appropriate qualifications and in the year that has passed, he might have those now. I don't know. Yeah, I would assume coaching badges weighs heavily into that because there's not been an awful lot that happened in the six months between... Michael Flynn being appointed, Michael Flynn being sacked, that would necessarily have driven him too far up the the pecking order in that way. Cool. Okay, let's get to the regular service. So injuries, what have we got? Yeah, well, um, the only sort of uh, hint was towards Rashan Hepburn Murphy, who apparently has picked up a bit of a knock, and they're they're looking at him at the moment in terms of where, um, uh, you know, how much of a role he could 
play coming into um, this game against Gillingham. Um, he was asked about McCurdy and where he is. Uh, he was he was asked if if he could play a full game, and it was a pretty categoric no. He can play about twenty twenty five minutes as as he has done in the previous two matches. He's been available for, so he'll be off the bench once again, looking to make an impact. So um, you know we don't really. Uh, Bro Murphy sort of coming out the the woodwork as someone who wasn't mentioned injured before and is now injured now is is a bit of a novelty actually. Hmm. Didn't have a great one on Saturday, Hepburn Murphy. So rotating him out for one of the other forwards feels logical. I know you you know it's harsh to just drop someone on the basis of a performance, but it was that it wasn't that great, was it? But yes, and the McCurdy stuff is it's really becoming quite obvious about this management of Harry McCurdy now, where a part of me thinks this tail end of the season and much of the business that we've done is rehab for players or last chance saloon, which is fine. We doesn't mean that they're rubbish footballers, but it, it feels that we, we have brought in players who need us more than we need them, so to speak. But Harry McCurdy's got that background and we're, we're, I guess the majority are just happy to see him come on, make a difference with 2025 to go. Yeah, that's that's clearly where he where he is. Um, you know, listening to him speak on Life of a Kitman, it's a bit surprising he was even going out on loan at all at the moment. But um, as you say, it does feel like with him and Conor McCarthy in particular, those two are kind of just, you know, could you keep them warm for us for a bit and see see where they are in the summer? Because we can't really play them as much as we would want to. Um, if if they're just working their way back from injuries, and that's certainly with the lone players where they've gone, um, which I guess if if you're just renting someone for six months, that makes sense. I don't know if it necessarily makes sense in terms of a a longer term look at what the second half of the season should have been in terms of building for next season. But it, it's the way they've gone, and I guess it adds a bit more with the two of them, a bit more experience to help help. The, the younger players blossom. And Pau Glatzel was covered. And there's a lot of caution with Glatzel really to avoid the law of sod in so much as he's doing all right. He's working hard. He's doing his bit, but we don't want to get too excited because of that injury record. Yeah. It's, it's, it's becoming increasingly difficult not to, not to get overly invested and ahead of the inevitable long-term injury. But um, when asked about him, Gavin Gunning has, has been very positive on his injury, um, on his sort of fitness levels. He, he called him a machine um, in the, the level of distance he's been able to cover. Obviously, he's kind of played 65 minutes in the last two games. Um, and But obviously, he's in kind of a, in a Villar and Ismail type of way. That was something that he knew going in so he could put the hard yards in ahead of that. Um, and then uh, Gunning, I guess, interestingly, I, I don't know if it's necessarily expert insight, but he said, um, you know, looking at the way that he's been um, and he sort of um, keep, keeps keeps himself and and looks to prevent injuries. He, he says it it felt like from what he's seen that the two the long term, the first long term injury was unfortunate. And then the second was kind of a product of the first in that way. And it's it's nothing to do with with um, Glatzel's kind of professionalism or anything like that, because he's, um, so it's, according to Gavin Gunning, is 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 um, at the absolute <laughs> cutting edge of of um, making sure that he is fit properly. 
That's a pretty high standard, isn't it? And the forward line, you know, those who started against Salford, Glatzel, Hepburn, Murphy and Albizetti, we, we do have that for the first time this season, that luxury of, of being able to rotate that front three if we wanted to. Um, what did Gavin Gunning say about rotation? Because he was asked about this. Yeah, he was he was asked about it. And obviously, um, Charlie Austin was on the bench, which was a, a bit of a surprise. But I guess the two games, he's, he's we've already been told he's going to be playing a bit less than he was. So they, they clearly looked at Gillingham maybe and thought that that would be an easier game for him. But um, you know, Gunning kind of said he hasn't really got a choice in terms of the rotation because half of the forwards at this moment in their... Um, in in time, they they couldn't play the full ninety minutes if they wanted to, um, particularly McCurdy. But I think that would also apply to probably Pal Glatzel as well, um, Charlie Austin, and maybe even Drinnen, um, because of their a lack of match sharpness and in some cases and injuries in other cases. Um, so he's kind of having to to weigh that in mind. So as much as he is picking the best possible options and keeping players a little ready to, to make as use as impact players, but it's also um, just um, who, who can actually play 60 minutes in this game and, and then start them. And if someone can play slightly less, then they would be the one to, to take over that, that torch at the, the time in the game where they're going to make the substitution. And before we talk about Ginningham, Gavin Gunning was asked about the game plan, his methodology on that, and his opinion on the squad. And it's very much they're still learning. Yeah, he's, he says they are they are still learning. He was he was very positive about the kind of rate that they're learning. He said that the kind of picture of what he's trying to do is getting across quicker than he'd expected. He said that they're three weeks ahead of of where he would have ex- thought they would be. Um, moving into it but um, it's, it's still as as he's maintained still a learning process you know but um, given that uh, in I, I think I, I would go along with this possibly seven rather than nine but he said you know, the performances they put in so far would have been should have been worthy of maximum points um, and that is when you're still learning a system a, a pretty good place to be yeah I don't think we deserve to win the Newport game I think a draw would have been perfectly fair. I don't think we deserve to to lose it. Bradford was absolutely a, a, a banker win and um, Salford should have been a win. But it's one of these things where I get what the manager is saying because this isn't a Gavin Gunning observation. It's just one of those sort of hypotheticals. But I always find myself sort of shrugging my shoulders and thinking, but we haven't won three out of three. We've won one drawn one and lost one. So, you know, it's 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 frustrating because in many ways he's right. And I look, you know, back to the start of the season where I always say that we should have won the first nine games based on how they, they played out and what was happening in those games. When a manager's saying it, it's like, you have the ability to change this. It hasn't been changing at Swindon this season. Yeah, and I, I think that's completely right. That you know, Clearly, they've got four points rather than I would... We would say seven. He would say nine. Um, in in terms of what what should have been got out of those games, but there's there's clearly something in this Swindon team that is preventing them from consistently getting the points that they that performances might expect them to be able to to get. Uh, I think there's a limit in what Gunning could possibly do in the Salford game, for example, because they've created more than enough chances to go and win that game, and that you know he he there's not a huge amount he can he can do about them actually finishing them off. But you know, there's it, it is it is it is very much about um, and 
the, the hope is that it will come with, with a level of familiarity. And, and he has referred to that in the post-match press conferences um, that, that that would that will help kind of finishing finishing the job in terms of getting the points that you would be hoping to get. But um, that's that, that's kind of where they're at. Well, Gillingham away is the first of the trickier games or run of games that Gavin Gunning will be facing this season, I would say. Uh, Gillingham are currently sitting in ninth position. They've had an up and down campaign, started really strongly, I remember, and then they had about four months of inconsistency. They have started to settle under Stephen Clements, who came in in early November. Uh, They have only lost one of their last seven games, but they haven't won at home since the since late December. So their last uh, few games, we'll, we'll, we'll do 2024. Uh, furthest, first, uh, they beat Colchester away 1-0. Then they beat Accrington Stanley away 2-1. Drew at home to Forest Green Rovers 1-1. Lost away at MK Dons 2-1. And more recently, they drew 1-1 with Walsall and then an, a, an impressive 3-1 away win at the Wobbling Notts County. So that was their first win in three. So they'll be, they won't be short of confidence, but given their home form more recently, they haven't won since beating Sutton 1-0 on December 29th. Swindon shouldn't be afraid of going into this game and hoping for a result. No, if you know the the home forms is not brilliant from them, and Gavin Gunning said himself, I, it's, I believe it's in the answer to one of my questions that um, you know he he believes that Swindon should go in there and win. He's trying to get his players to think the same way, but you know they're Gillingham are clearly a side who are fighting for the playoffs, but um, they've they've po- probably not really hit where you would most would have expected them coming into the season in terms of consistent performance levels after that pretty hilarious start to the season where they kept winning 1-0. Um, the, the, you know, it's hardly an unbeatable team, although, as I'm sure you're about to mention, it's a, not the happiest of hunting grounds. It's a, it's a, it's a pr- pretty miserable vegetable patch for Swindon Priestfield. It isn't a happy place to go. December 1986 is the last time Swindon won there. Did you get a point there? Last season, nil nil. Um, but I think they were down to ten men very early on. So wasn't <laughs> even looking back. It's not that great. But I mean, I'm always in this conflict of of what does a result in 2006 have to do with a result in 2024? But it's not a place we like to go. No, obviously it has absolutely nothing to do with with this season. Uh, it, it's just that obviously in football we we're fairly superstitious. So. <laughs> you uh, you look at places like uh, that's that's not not a place we like to go. We think the same about Rodney Parade. Do you, do you think though? Because I guess this argument, and we've done well to avoid it until now, that it is considered by Ginningham as something of a rivalry, and we do have these smaller rivalries that Swindon fans and the club don't really get hyped up for but the opposition do and I think we see it to a degree at Newport County as well where they seem to be much more up for it than we are and maybe just that little edge in sport that little edge is enough to make something happen yeah that's I mean that there's I don't know if it's reverse engineering or not but obviously Gillingham, Newport, Cheltenham they all seem to have the same sort of way about them and Swindon's inability to win places 
Um, but uh, um, actually, Andrew and I had the conversation about just putting away the, the the rivalry question beforehand, based on the fact that Michael Flynn, as a former Gillingham player, said he didn't know about it. So um, I, I I don't know necessarily. It, it could be one of those things where where maybe the the fans' energy for those teams does drive them on a bit more. But it could also be just one of those things where we see that pattern with like, well, this team and this team, and this team think they're our rivals, so maybe that's in it, but it, but it, it probably isn't. No, no, fair enough. What did Gavin Gunning have to say about uh, our trip to Gillingham on Tuesday night? Uh, well, he rejected the notion that Gillingham was a, a notable step up in quality. Um, he obviously cited the form of, of Newport and Salford being strong and Bradford having beaten uh, wobbling Wrexham. Um, in terms of having played some reasonable teams so far, but um, you can't cite a game that happened after the the Swindon one, though. That, that <laughs> you can't do that. We we might have been the team that gave Bradford the almighty kick up the bum. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I I, I think you'd be tough pushed to to find too much logic in his answer because I think obviously Newport are on their way up the table at the moment, but Gillingham are quite obviously better than than those three sides. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think he's winning too many arguments, but, you know, say what you want, Gav, I suppose. I, I don't mind the notion that we were fully capable of giving them a game, but it, it just feels a little daft that 17th place Swindon are looking up at <laughs> looking up at Ginningham and going, you ain't that good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think possibly we should should take a look at ourselves and, and reassess maybe some of those opinions that maybe those are the things that are holding up, us back. Um, he was kind of he largely in terms of giving us a little bit more detail actually in terms of teams at the moment. Gavin Gunning, um, he kind of sort of described Gillingham as as a better Salford in terms of Ollie Hawkins being their main striker who they try and play off in the way that Matt Smith was used, um, but having a little bit more mobility about him to kind of help that way of playing, um, and that was that was quite key for for he felt in in the way they played. Um, as as and Swindon defending and then obviously mentioning Johnny Williams, who uh, he said on a couple of occasions is just a great guy. Um, so it's I think that message was definitely had, and then also um, very taken with his technical ability and obviously Romeo Hutton as well, who as we know, courtesy of Gavin Gunning, is making racks on racks on racks over in Gillingham, <laughs> and as well as is a, a bit of a dab hand with a cross into the box. So maybe someone like Hawkins is is, uh, is going to have some good service as well. Oh, heaven forbid. Uh, yeah, Johnny Williams. I'm not going to pretend that Johnny Williams had a perfect career at Swindon, but I enjoyed his time at the club tremendously. And he is one of the few players that have left in recent years that I've tried to forget he's playing somewhere else. So when I saw that, of course, he's at Ginningham and he'll be playing against us on, on Tuesday, I was like, oh, but he, they were discussed, and yes, great lads. Yeah, the pair of them were were just great lads, and I can absolutely vin, vin, uh, vouch for Johnny Williams on that front. Uh, not only was he great at interviews whilst he was at Swindon, but he also agreed to do an interview with me after leaving um, for, about his international experience. So, uh, just a lovely man. Um, other events might call into question Hutton's um, status as a good lad, but uh, I'm sure that's that's uh, not really. Uh, a fair assessment of his of his own person uh, personal qualities. Yeah, Johnny Williams got described as funny. Romeo Hutton didn't, and I think that probably uh, lines up with recent events. Yes, uh, possibly a better judge of a joke, Johnny Williams certainly. 
<laughs> Gillingham have only scored 29 league goals this season and everybody else has scored more. Even Forest Green Rovers, albeit by just the one. They're going to score three or four, aren't they? They'll certainly be scoring in stoppage time. We know that for sure. <laughs> it's an appalling return over 30 games. Yikes. But I'd swap it for their position and being one point off the playoffs. That's for sure. Oh, well, we'll see how it goes. Shall we go to the Joe Zone? Let's go. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the Chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Could run from Kessahain to the edge of the area. McCurdy gets it, crossing to the back post! sort of talked about yourself and Clem Wafuni about um, looking to still make the playoffs this season does this kind of feel like a, a bit of a must win to make that still a possibility because the gap would be about 11 points with a defeat against Gillingham um, maybe I don't know I, don't, I think this this is the type of thing where like usually you get a team who wins like 7 out of 8 at the end of the season who actually gets in the playoffs so I'm not quite sure it's must win obviously like I said the performances have been really good so I'm positive of a positive oh, positive result but you just never know do you? I, I feel like we're going to go into the game and win it and that's that's the way I want the players to feel as well so yeah it, it, every game is a must win I think like Saturday was a must win we didn't win it but it was a must win because the position that we've unfortunately got ourselves into is not is not great so yeah yeah, and then when you talk about rotating around the attacking options, when you play kind of two days, two games in quick succession, are you thinking play him, we rest him here to play him here, and then pick the team that way around, or like who would be best suited for one game and not the other, or is it kind of 
get the first one out of the way and then see what you can do with the second. No, I think you 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 got to be looking towards the weekend, obviously, as well, because personnel-wise, Dawson DeVoy isn't available for the weekend, so we've obviously thought ahead to that one. Um, yeah, and with managing players, the problem is we've we've got a lot of lads who are getting fit on the job, so with two games in a couple of three or four days, it's tough for them, but it's also good as well, so they get the minutes in. And then in a completely off-piece direction, um, late last week there was the suggestion of blue cards coming in terms of sin bins for um, descent and uh, tactical fouls and things like that. What are your thoughts on, on that as a rule change? Are you in, in favour or you think it's over-complicating things? I think it complicates things and I think with the how quick and that the game is now with players coming off for 10 minutes, if you're sat down or you're... Like they can do it in rugby because it's sl- it's slower and it's more sideways, lateral. There's no like the distances you're covering in football is completely different and how dynamic it is. So I, d- I don't think it's a great idea to be honest. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. So you are under the firm impression that this season is over, but you are still sort of asking the questions like this is a must win if we're going to go down that way. And is this very much you? Are you playing the card of your boss is saying he hasn't given on, up on promotion? Have you? Because reading between the lines, I don't think Gavin Gunning believes that anything other than restoring pride is is on the table for this season. No, I I completely agree with that. Well, the answer the the question is in in many ways facetious because of, I mean, pointing out the fact that. He, um, Finney said it, and Gavin Gunning also said it at, well, he didn't technically say it, but he said, Oh, shall we just give up the fans for him? So they're both sort of intimated in terms of, well, we should still be trying to do this, but the point, um, you know, pointing point out where the points gap's going to be, uh, were they not to win this one? So it's, you know, obviously, I don't think they're going to be making the playoffs. And frankly, if he said, um, you know, it's, it's a must win game in our playoff campaign. I might have printed it as a joke more than more than anything else. Just like looking, hey, just get the trees out of your eyes, get a lot of this guy. Um, but um, you know, it's uh, it's 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 yes, it is largely predicated on their own narrative, and not a question that I'm necessarily interested in the actual substance of the answer, but more the way they try and answer it and kind of justify that 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 opinion is still something that is accurate. Yeah, the fan at the forum. He, I think that that fan was tired of the positive rhetoric of trying to salvage something from the season in in a way that that equated to the playoffs, and I think they pretty much just said just just stop saying it, and that's where Gunning was able to go in, going, oh, should we just give up then, shall we? You know, what's the point of all this? And Gunning was right to do that, but I also understood what the fan was trying to articulate, which isn't easy in a room full of people that are potentially waiting to shoot you down. But it does get a little bit tiresome. And I think Sam Orshead wrote about this uh, in, in his recent uh, Inc. article where he says like those prefer to ignore the real world situation of Swindon season. And I think that's what that fan was was trying to articulate. But if you do just down tools, then if you think it's bad now, then you just wait when players are on the proverbial. If they're putting the emoji of the beach on, look what happened to Romeo Hutton. It, it ended his Swindon career. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're you're completely right there. Again, I was having I was actually having a chat with that fan during the interval, um, 
who asked the question about it, and it is literally just you know, she, the the question is not should we why why are we bothering is you know, should we not try and set realistic targets given that the the first the start of the presentation was about their the you know their one year plan which included promotion so you know you you you're failing in the first year of your five year plan should we not we not look you know you know if you look at uh, the way port vale's um, owner structured their open letter i think it was last late last week uh, and the kind of steps that they're taking kind of way rather than just these these broad goals that that we all know aren't going to happen and you know unless you you are sort of phil king aren't really going to wash with anyone <laughs> oh what a performance that was by the way blue cards what what are your opinions um i'm i'm i kind of like it um i i you know resistant to taking advice from rugby in terms of simbins but um i feel like you know you can't send someone off for for what is ultimately a bit of a not an innocuous tackle but i also think the punishment clearly needs to be stronger than a yellow card so it's it's not a word it's not a bad solution certainly for a trial and reading a story in the athletic apparently they've been very positive at grassroots level so why not yeah i i feel that the the, the game is different higher up in terms of that 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 acceptance to embrace uh, i i'm not against it i'm not really for it if, if it nothing happens i just think it's another thing that can be manipulated and cannot fix the problem but create two or three new ones so much like some of the issues that we've had at the highest level i've got no problem with imp- them implementing stuff just make sure you've got all of your stuff together before it's launched and so there's no major mistakes or or loopholes or areas where a club can 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 make the most of it in a negative way yeah i think that's that's clearly the key and you know at this point it is still trial so hopefully they can they can figure it out um you know lack of faith in in them as i have uh, many people uh, running football things uh, funny that but um you know th- these are things that feel like they should be positive much like uh, VAR, which I think in many ways has kind of scarred um, everyone to to further wholesale changes to things. Um, but yeah, the 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 key is very clearly um, if you're going to do it, please figure out whether or not it works first. Yeah, and finally, Dawson Devoe cannot play against Milton Keynes Dons on Saturday. So what do you reckon then? Do you play him for sixty minutes and then sub him off? Given the heir to his throne, um, thirty minutes, or do you do you rest him for Gillingham as well? How would you play it? Um, I think I would. I would probably give him the ninety. And then you, uh, given that presumable the the swap that will be between, will be between the Kekron and Kane, kind of um, give them both of those two time against Gillingham. So neither of they them have played the full ninety, and then they might hopefully be a bit fresher come the weekend. That's probably how I would go about it, but. If maybe if you wanted to get a bit of a rhythm between them, you could you could also sacrifice Devoy for that. Yeah, I I don't think there's necessarily a wrong answer on this front. It's it's just a, one of the nuisances of loaning players from clubs that are in the same division as you. As we say hello to Mister Kemp next season next week. Yeah, if if only we were, if only they weren't so goddamn beautiful out there. Maybe we could stop. But uh, <laughs> uh I, I think Devoy's making a solid start. So it there's. there's there's an annoying amount of merit in nicking other players from League Two clubs. Mm, seems that way. Isn't weird? Right. Last week you got 
your prediction. Well, you got how you got a point because you predicted a draw. You just didn't go with one one. You went with two two. So I, I hope you weren't fist pumping uh, in the uh, in the media section of the of, of the county grounds on Saturday. What are you going for for Ginningham away? Um, um, I'm going to go with the positivity because um, I've got enough points on the board. I feel in terms of actually getting stuff right. So maybe if I could just hit some some Hail Marys, and that would be more fun for me. Um, I'm going to say 2-0 to Swindon. We'll, we'll have a miraculous performance and, and finally break the Priestfield curse. I envy that you have the luxury to make such bold calls, but I also love that call. I'm not writing it off, but I have to try and catch up with you. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 loss um, and hope and pray that my awful streak in this prediction racket <laughs> continues. Yeah, you're just getting too much in your own head, Rich. You know, you've you've let the lead get to you and impact your decisions. Sounds like a recent uh, meeting I had with my boss. Right, that is plenty, Joe. Thank you very much as always, and enjoy Spain. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much, Rich. Don't enjoy Andrew Horse's company too much. Impossible. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down, and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 